0: Welcome to Somebody You Love. Or the Sale of Two Titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. Before we begin,
1: we'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we're recording today, which for me is the
0: Nunnawal people. And for me is the Darug and Gondongata people. We'd like to acknowledge that if you are listening to this podcast in so-called Australia, that sovereignty was never ceded. We also want to make it clear up front that we can only speak from our own experiences.
1: The sex-working community is wonderfully diverse and as white cis women we have a lot of privileges within the industry. We can't speak on behalf of our peers who find themselves facing more severe stigma and discrimination than we do.
0: It is our hope that by creating this podcast, we are able to help humanise sex workers. And eventually, if anyone even listens to us, (laughs) we can provide a platform to share the voices that represent the diversity of the sex worker community.
1: We will be discussing adult topics so this podcast may not be suitable for those under the age of 18. And today, as you can tell from the title, we're talking bodily functions. So there will be talk of bodily fluids and some general things
0: people might find a bit gross. Here we go. We're going to talk about some of the logistics of sex work because the reality is that we do use and rely on our bodies for work and often in pretty intimate ways. Um, Before addressing this topic, though, I just want to talk about the kind of concept of sex workers selling our bodies. I mean, first up, we're not selling anything like it's a rental agreement at best, I like that. Um, Obviously, we do use our bodies, but we
1: obviously use our mind probably more. Yeah, I think so. Oh, heaps. Um, There are other professions that use and rely on their bodies, Um, you know, athletes, minors, um, construction, even office work can put a strain on your body in various ways and you still have to turn up and be there with your body, you know. Uh, So it's a really reductive thing to say that we sell our bodies because we use them as Mm -hmm. part of our labour. And definitely our mind, you know, as we've discussed on our last show, compassion and and caring and... um, all of that sort of stuff, as well as the administrative side and, you know, the way that we approach people when they contact us, even from the first message, is engaging our brains. So,
0: yeah, it's very limiting to say we just sell our bodies. Definitely. Actually, I was just listening to ABC's The Drum um, that was on last night. This is Saturday, so it was on Friday night because Bella Green was on it. Ah, she's so um- good she's great. And they were talking about sex work, obviously. Um, And so they, the way the program sort of works is they get everyone that's on the panel to chat about each topic. So Bella obviously was the main, um, the main interviewee for that section, but uh, they spoke to everyone else about it as well. And there was a surgeon um, and, and she was sort of talking about how she spends her life treating people um, for injuries and, and for, for bodies that have broken down as a result of what they do with their body, which for most people is is work. And, you yeah. know, we all have all these injuries. And, and she, was, she was, yeah, brought up the um, – she doesn't know why, you know, sex workers are sort of denigrated for, um, you, you know, putting their bodies at risk or using their bodies. And it was really nice to hear that from a non-sex worker wow. and from a medical professional. That's very refreshing. Yeah, yeah. it was very cool do recommend checking out. It's just the end of the episode. And I also just think that the idea that, you know, our bodies are are sold to somebody and and that's inherently bad is like that sort of suggests that it means that somehow we're giving our bodies away by doing this job Mm. and that, that we're giving ownership of our bodies away. And it's like the idea that somebody owns our body because they've put their dick in it is some really patriarchal-ass bullshit. Like that's very well said. It doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I agree. Uh, Look, so obviously, no, we don't sell our bodies, um, but we do use them along with our minds to do our job, Uh, and that means that there's a lot of practical things that we need to deal with in order to go to work.
0: So bodily functions. Uh, first up is something that I get asked about by a lot of women who aren't in the industry, civilians or civvies as, uh, civvies. as we like to call them. <laughs> um, the thing is a lot of sex workers have uteruses, uteri, mm. uteruses, I believe is uteri. the correct yeah. plural. <laughs> uteri. <laughs> uteri. Uh, and a I'm lot of those uteruses shed their lining on the reg. Um, so, periods are something that many, not all, but many sex workers have to manage. And there's a few different ways we can do this. Uh, Yeah, there's
1: quite a variety of options. Um, Obviously, there are a few workers who take time off, um, particularly when there's, you know, pain issues and things like that. Um, some will take a week off work once a month or at least the first couple of days while they're in a fair bit of pain, um, which really causes issues with their planning. Or even just when it's a heavier flow at uh, the start. All those sorts of things that come up. Um, yeah, look, it's, it obviously would massively affect their, their uh, potential income and their
0: planning and just – I mean that's a lot of money to to lose over a year I mean yeah, it's a quarter of the year isn't it it's it's a lot yeah and then there are some of us who skip our periods um and that's I think applies to you and I Holly, you're not you're also not a fan of menstruating are you? It's not for me no if
1: I can have the option I do <laughs> avoid it uh, so I haven't had a period in over eight years. Um, I have the Implanon rod in my arm, which I get changed out every three years. I know there's quite a lot of men listening who probably don't understand it. and I'm not going to explain it uh, in the the deepest levels, but basically every three years, I go and uh, get this little hormonal rod removed and replaced in my arm, uh, and that releases a small amount of uh, of contraception over that period. Which uh, which basically means that I think twenty percent of people that get this rod don't get periods anymore. Um, but it's a, a, a I think it's ninety nine point nine nine percent. Like it's extremely. Um, you know, strong contraceptive or reliable contraceptive. So, um, yeah, that's how I mitigate uh, my period risk. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, so I also, I mean, I have, I, I will have the occasional period, um, but again, I haven't had regular periods since I was a teenager. I have the on as well uh, and I also am on the pill, and I skip the sugar pills, which are, so when you get a packet of the pill, there are placebos in there and that's what you're supposed to take during the time when you get your period. And then you go back onto the actual medication for the rest of the time. So I don't take those, those sugar pills. So that sounds a little bit fussy. Why, why is that something that works for you? Uh, why do I have both? Yeah. Um, partly because I'm absolutely terrified of developing a fetus inside me. Um, (laughs) Valid. So I use the Implanon and the pill and I use condoms because I just want all of the contraception that I can possibly have. Yeah. and that's something but and it also became when I started working as a sex worker, I was like it's also really handy to just not have periods, yeah, and for me, the implanton uh the first time I had an implanton, it pretty much got rid of my periods for two years, similar to what what you yep. have, yep. but then the second time I got one, that didn't happen. It seems <sighs> super hit and miss, and I know for yes. some uh, some people who use it. Like twenty percent or something as well. I think have like constant bleeding and massive issues. So it's very yeah yeah very different depending on the person. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so uh, yeah, um, and it, uh, and I, a lot of people, including doctors, uh, would question why I was uh, using both. Yeah, um, and sort of suggest that perhaps it wasn't good for me to have that much estrogen in my body, and particularly with skipping the sugar pills as well. Right. Um, and then about 2 years ago I found out that I have endometriosis which is a a situation where you get uterine cells growing outside of the uterus it's a whole mm. it's a whole thing and uh and surprisingly quite common It's more common than people think. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends who are in that yeah. horrible boat. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I discovered that I had that, and that was uh, through going to see a gynecologist. Um, and she actually said to me that I had been smashing it because the the sort of the non invasive treatment that they uh, that they suggest for endometriosis is actually to. pump your body with as much estrogen as possible so coincidentally had been doing the right thing yeah yeah (laughs) I had been doing the right thing and at that point so I mean that was uh a good 20 years since I first got my period yeah Uh, no slightly less but but I'd I'd potentially been actually staving off the endometriosis and at that point when I went to see her we discovered it and I had to have uh Mm. But what they you know I, I she suggested that I quite possibly had actually um yeah kept it, kept it at bay for well, quite a while a which has made me feel good yeah um and they also recommend people skipping the sugar pills yeah i
1: mean that's something i was advised to do by a few doctors mm, before I, I went on implanon um but, you know back when i was on the pill um mm. but i was one of those people who was horribly uh unreliable at remembering to take it anyway i was at a risk uh, yeah. Uh, but yep. um you know some doctors said oh no it's it's awful and some doctors said no oh, it's absolutely benign to to skip you know you don't have to have a
0: Period um, for for most people. Anyway, um, so like anything relating to women and their bodies, there's a hell of a lot of misinformation out there, including amongst the medical profession.
1: A hundred percent. And there's also a lot of um, things that we still don't know, and that you know science is still um, clarifying, and and particularly around endometriosis, that's something that seems to be very under researched. So yes, uh, hopefully absolutely. we're getting some clarity around that. So yeah, yeah. Not everyone um, can take hormonal contraception um, for a multitude of reasons. It's not
0: an option for everyone. Yeah, I mean, the the side effects can be incredibly serious. Um, So I'd say one of the most common options that I hear used in the industry is to use a sponge uh, and essentially using a sponge uh, in this this context means you can get – period sponges which are often also called uh, soft tampons but you can also use other other things if you're in a bind Um, and basically it is basically a a soft tampon you maybe wet it a little bit and you push it up inside yourself uh, push it right up to the top and it it stops the flow basically have you used sponges before?
1: I never have. I To Ooh. me, sponges were always such a wild thing. Like, what? <laughs> Putting a sponge in your vagina? I always was so shocked by it. I um, Look, in a lot of ways I, I've grown up a fairly naive person uh, <laughs> and it was just... Uh, As particularly entering the sex industry, I was very alone in that. And um, I remember my first or my second brothel shift ever. I was um, really nervous and I decided, you know, I I couldn't do it. So I called up and told them I got my period. And they didn't sort of tell me, well, you could actually use a sponge, fortunately, because it was a lie and I was just trying to get out of the shift. Uh, (laughs) But it was years later when I was working as a receptionist in a brothel. Uh, that one of, uh, you know, we sold the girls, which is a whole, you know, um, an issue, I think, that we sold oh, uh, yeah. the girls'
0: uh, Let's get uh, sponges. into that later. Yeah,
1: yeah. Rather than providing them, which would be the right thing to do. But we charged the, mm-hmm. the you know, the staff or the workers um, to, to buy sponges from the reception counter. Uh, so I became more aware of their function then. Mm. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's because I've I've been on and off in the sex industry, and I've never really been in it at a time when I was, you know, having periods. It's never been something I've had to use, but I certainly worked in a brothel on reception and had workers come to me and say, "Oh my god, Holly, I can't get this out. Can you help me?" Um, which was a new a new thing. Um,
0: yeah, that's so. Uh, one brothel that I worked at didn't have uh, proper sponges sponges that are designed for that purpose um they had a you know one of those like big yellow car wash sponges i don't know if that's just an aussie thing or if it's just a thing my dad used growing up but they had one of those in the cupboard um and if you got desperate you could tear off a piece um, which I'm sure isn't, you know, hygienic or healthy. But when you get desperate, speechless. you got to, you know, you got to do what you got to do.
1: I mean, it's not that big a deal, but for a brothel, it seems.
0: Yeah, brothel stories. Let's cover yeah, that later. Wow. Mm, you it, would you would think. There's a you, lot of things you would think. You would really think that
1: would go to a little bit more effort to prepare for the workers, but wow, oh, you'd think they've so. just got like a yeah. car sponge. There you go, guys. Good luck, you know. <laughs>
0: Yep, and you just tear a bit off. There's a little yeah, bit really of like nice. vegetable
1: oil for lube as well if you want. I mean, I just feel so disorganised. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, I thought. Because they usually have vegetable oil laying around in brothels. Yeah, that's always,
1: oh, look, you just the things you find in brothels that uh, other than what you actually need, true. there's all sorts of chaos. Um, that's but,
0: very true.
1: Yeah, it was. it was really sweet having workers – Come to me and sort of say that they they needed help removing a sponge. It's a lot of trust to come to someone yeah. and say, "Hi, I'm having a hard time getting that out of me. Can you help you? Can you help me?" And I uh, I was always yes because sort of, it can
0: be quite difficult.
1: It's yeah, I've heard. I've done a few
0: uh, a few removals, myself. Yeah, um,
1: but yeah, it's a big trust building exercise, and uh, not really a big deal at the end of the day. Look, it's a normal human bodily function, and yeah, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have used sponges because even though I, I use them two contraceptives often, um, well, not often, but maybe once a year, I'll, I'll forget to take my pill for a day. And then I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, I'll just let it happen. Okay. And every time I then regret it. I'm like, Why did I think that why was a good idea? Why am I idea? having a period? I, I, yeah. <laughs> why am I having a period? And yeah, I feel definitely. quite, uh, oh, look, this is going into a different subject, but I feel quite disconnected from my, reproductive parts. Yeah. Um, I'm somebody, I'm very comfortable with my gender and with my, my sexuality, but, uh, the fact that I can grow a fetus makes me feel very, very uncomfortable. So having a period reminds me of that. And I just, I just don't, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not a good time, but as a result, I have occasionally had to use a sponge or I have chosen to use a sponge. I don't have to, of course. And I found them really great. I did have one that went, flying out of me uh which was pretty funny i didn't actually notice (laughs) and the client was like oh um jenna i think your sponge (gasps) is on the and i was like ah i looked down and wow there was a sponge on the bed um and obviously i was that's very intimate it is very intimate yeah but this well this is it and i've had a few that have felt it with their fingers when they've been fishing around up there i think i've got quite a short vaginal canal so Mm. That, the good thing about that is I can get them out easily. I've never had issues with yep. them getting lost up around there. Uh, and some of my friends – Vaginal canals seem to go on forever. When yeah. I've been fishing around trying to help yeah. them get it out, but I've not had that issue, and it has meant the clients have sort of been up to feel it. I've heard that mine goes right up to the left. So, oh, yeah. well, they they go either side. Yeah, well, that's well, a mine, whole another anatomical I've, When I've wanted for pap
1: tests, my my doctor sometimes has gone. I cannot find the end of it, and I'm like, it's oh. right, and she's got to take a sharp left. It's a oh. it's a journey. Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay that's, is that TMI? All right. Interesting. I don't know if that's, we're talking okay. about periods so no anyway, definitely um, not we'll wow. have to get a doctor on at some so, point yeah we will so that's a plus that yours is accessible
0: yeah so yeah I have had clients you know notice that I've that I've been using one or you know notice because it's literally there in front of them yes most of the time they don't uh, have that experience but uh but every I've been quite lucky because every single time that's happened the client has been like it's completely fine, yeah. I understand that that women menstruate. like yeah, that, it's, it's cool, man. You're a human being. Like. and i'm I'm a little bit embarrassed, but I'm also like, well, yeah, that's it, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. that is what happens.
1: Yeah. And the final option is to do nothing. You can just go with the flow. you could even charge extra
0: for that sort of thing. Everything's a kink, you know? Absolutely. and uh, you know this is also the subject of periods is is also something that comes up when we have female clients. um I really don't understand why sponges and and other solutions aren't more common and known about in the civilian world. and I guess you, I mean you were one of the people who who didn't know about them either. Uh, I've had so yeah, many I was shocked. yeah, well, I've had so many female clients. Sort of text me the day before or the day of the booking and say, Oh my God, Jenna, I've just got my period or my period's lasting longer than I, than it normally does. And I'm really stressed. And, uh, do you have any, what do you guys do when you get your period? You know? And I've been like, Oh, okay. Yeah. No worries. Here you go. These are some options. I've got a bag full of sponges. I can yep. bring one with me. I can help you put it in and take it out if you yep. need. Um, but also, you know, I'll bring my black towels so we can put those down so you don't have to sort of worry yes. about, you know, anything seeing anything that might embarrass you. And also I'm yep. fine with it because – I, yeah. I am aware that you might bleed and that's cool.
1: I also had a female client who was a little bit awkward about that and um, she'd experienced some spotting and, you know, she'd had other issues where she'd felt really embarrassed when seeing sex workers in that position. And I, I like, it's just not really a big deal. Like it's, if it's not a heavy, if we're not going to be doing sort of a horror scene looking scenario um, and it's just, you know, a little bit of spotting and things like that, we'll, we'll work with it. It'll be fine. You know, she um, offered to use a sponge and all that sort of stuff but, you mm. You know what? It's, I've dealt. I'm sure I've dealt with more uh, unique situations than a very normal bodily function. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. as long as you're hygienic, that's not a big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to butt stuff. Woo! Butt stuff. So, what kind of butt stuff <laughs> do you tend to come across in your work,
1: Holly? Uh, I mainly do things with other people's butts. I'm not a butt person. I'm actually a butt virgin. Believe it or not, I have never oh, had butt I sex. Didn't know I'm that. saving it. For marriage, yeah, <laughs> I I know. It Wait, are you like actually? A really weird thing, I sw- swear on my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're <I>, uh, hysterical. <laughs> okay, I um, I uh, oh gosh, I don't, I feel a little bit, uh, a little bit coy at the moment, a little bit shy. Oh, Basically, a bit I uh, I find it yeah, a little bit vulnerable. I find butt stuff really um big like it's a big deal yes <laughs> i is. only have a very little little tiny little tiny butthole <laughs> and uh i find it quite quite frightening uh mm. so i figure if i'm going to go through that journey of trust it's a th- i think with butt stuff it takes a lot of trust in someone else um i'm going to do that with the uh the man who wants to put a ring on this finger so that's beautiful um you'll yeah, let him when i'm engaged with your yeah, which is
0: ring r- or something. There's a yes, joke in there yes. about we'll rings. We'll put a ring on
1: each of our appendages. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I feel really, uh, really weird for having that thing, but that's just my oh, little no. thing. Um, Have but, you thing. You know, look. Yeah, I don't mind the odd, you know, butt uh, attention on me, but I, yeah, I'm not a massive mm. fan of it. Um, I uh, definitely will will explore someone else's butt though. Mm. I can do a mean fisting on someone else's butt. I mm. love to it. get all sorts of. You know, butt plugs. Yes, we've done a, a holding
0: hand fisting. Um, yeah, so that uh, was romantic. You know, that was romance. Come that on. was romantic. Yeah, that was that was true friendship. Yeah. is holding
1: hands and fisting someone at the same time. Yeah.
0: Um. So. Oh, and to be clear, the the held hands were inside the rectum. It wasn't our other hands that we were holding.
1: Yep. Yeah, we were. Yeah, it was very special. Um. So yeah, I I don't mind you know doing a bit of butt stuff stuff on other people. How about
0: you? What's your butt situation? Uh, yeah, I also do. I do get involved in other people's bums. Oh, I know. Um, but they also get involved in mine. Um, and you know what? <laughs> my view is that if you are old enough to want to put things in my ass, then you are old enough to realise that that's where poop lives. And if you go knocking on Pooh's door, yes. don't be surprised when Pooh's home. Like that's where he lives, uh, mate. I
1: feel the same about it.
0: So yeah. I've yeah. heard
1: people ask about, you know, enemas and all that sort of thing mm. and, and I totally you know support people doing that it's good for them and you know i get that that's a big thing for a lot of people is preparing for for butt stuff definitely definitely but i think look if you go poking around butts you got to expect some 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 poop and uh i don't love it it's not what i'm looking for but if it's there uh, i'm not gonna burn burn the house down you know i've obviously prepared a sterile situation for that you know (laughs) uh eventuality so um yeah, so like I said, there's a few different things you can do in preparation. Um, you know, people eat certain things. Um, look, the most important step, which everyone should take, is just washing your butt. I can't say this, like, enough. Let's say it, like, ten times in a row. Repeat it after me. Write lines right now, please, everyone listening. Wash your butt. It's Wash your butt. Wash your butt. Under, Wash your butt. Yeah, It is so overlooked. Grab a little bit of soap on your hand, reach back there and give it a good scrub because a lot of people, I think, just let the water run down there. And you might have to
0: touch it. That's. You might have to touch your butt. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I I wonder if it's because people are afraid to touch it. Maybe they think it makes them gay or something. I just don't know whether.
1: I just don't know whether people are like taught as children how to wash themselves mm. properly, particularly I wasn't. penises and all of that mm. sort of stuff. I yeah. wasn't, and I, I, you know, I think yeah, it's it's something probably people don't even realise that their butts are so dirty. Um, so it's really important. Just a little bit of soap, give it a quick scrub. Oh, mm. beautiful! That's a, a that's an exciting, inviting butt. <laughs> um, every sex worker out there has had to deal with a client turning up who have just had a shower and
0: they clearly haven't washed their butts you go oh god help me oh my god you can visually see it is what we're saying and we've all had you can see it yeah we've all had at least one client who has left skid marks on the bed sheets
1: yeah um like if you're a
0: sex worker and you haven't had that happen i'm sorry to tell you that it is on its way it will happen to you
1: It's on its way. It's so embarrassing. I've scrambled to pull sheets off the bed sometimes when I've seen I've gone, Oh God, I'm embarrassed for them and I've talked about it with friends and they've gone, No, let them let them
0: suffer. And I'm like, Yeah, no, I always cover it up and hope they don't notice because I don't want (laughs) them to have to deal with the shame of that, which they shouldn't have to feel shame about. But I I mean if they haven't of course not. If, if we're doing butt stuff, yeah. then they shouldn't feel shame about it. But if we're yes, not doing butt stuff. Absolutely. I don't understand why poop is leaving yeah. your body. If you do. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. If you just have a generally grubby butt, it's not great. We've just shoved (laughs) you in the shower. You know, rub behind your ears, rub your butt, pull back your foreskin, give everything a quick freshen up. We've just spent two hours getting ready for you, you know. Just meet us halfway, you know, not asking
0: much. And, I mean, it's not – well, it's still not pleasant for you.
1: Yeah, for me it's not pleasant. Too stressful. I Look, and I guess one of the reasons I'm such a big fan of, um, you know, doing things to other people's butts is I don't have a sense of smell. So I was born without it, which it is called congenital anosmia. Um, so I have never smelled poop before. So to me, poop is just not appealing to look at. I've never smelled You are smelled so it. lucky, like. Holly. So- the
0: world smells disgusting. You are so lucky. <laughs>
1: people used to tell me that when I worked in a brothel they were like Mm. you are so lucky that you don't have to smell certain bodily things with with some of the clients and maybe that's why you love the job so much and I was like (laughs) look I think that's a lot more to why I love this job than my lack of sense of smell but it definitely I think makes certain things easier and um you know it's beautiful I've had clients turn up and they're like oh I went to so much trouble to not eat this today so you wouldn't have to smell it on my breath or I I did this activity and I had washed really well and I was like oh god babe turn up stinking I do not care. As long as you're clean, you know, eat your garlic, you know, or do work with paint fumes or whatever it is, because I won't even know. <laughs> they're, they're really So, cute about what it, you're so. saying is,
0: I should send all my smelly clients to you.
1: Send them to me. No, I, I don't mind a, a smelly cool. person. As long as they're clean, no worries. Um, That's great. What about you? Any, any little, you know, niche well, stories here?
0: Oh, well, actually, uh, it's not super. I don't know if it's related. It might go on a bit of a tangent. Bear with me. We'll cut it out if it's terrible. Um, <laughs> but it, this made me think about. I was uh, as part of one of my um, one of my hobbies that I do outside of the sex industry. Um, I'm try- How do I describe it without giving away all the details of it? Um, basically, there's there's a whole bunch of people around, and it involves a fair bit of standing around and chatting and whatever, and a bit of downtime. So I was I was just sitting at a desk and right next to me, there was a a little group of people having a chat. And and one of the women there, her day job is as a nurse. Um, and they were all just standing around talking about her work and they were sort of, uh, they were saying, Oh, do you have to like, you know, do people wee themselves sometimes? Do you have to deal with, with poop and with vomit and, and all that sort of stuff? And she was going, yep, yep. That's all part of the job. Um, and they were like, "Oh my god!" And they were sort of saying, "You know, nurses, nurses do not get paid enough. Nurses don't get enough respect. Like, that's amazing that you do that." Like, and um, and I agree with everything they're saying. Like, that uh, there's nothing wrong with that conversation. Um, but I I had a real poor me moment because I was just <laughs> sitting there going, "No one says that about sex workers." Oh. no, I, I deal with vomit and poop and blood and we, <laughs> and you know, I, I have clients who, who aren't able to, to go to the bathroom and I have to get a bottle yep. and, and help them do that. Like, yep. and, and I just, uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from nurses, obviously. Um, but it, it was just this real, you know, all these people know what I do for a job as well. Um, and I, I just was like, yep. no one's, no one's going to have that conversation with me. No. And it made me a bit sad. They have all. no idea that you actually deal with that extreme, that yeah. extremity of, of bodily function. Yeah, mm. and it's not like every day, obviously, which it probably is a lot more common no, for no, nurses. No, no, no. And we also, on top of that, have to try and act sexy <laughs> through it. You know, <laughs> which is an added complication. Yeah. If we have to do
1: the stern and nurse routine, then it's like that's a dom thing. That's extra. You mm. know that. Oh, that is extra. Beyond just simple washing, like I was mentioning before, some people like to douche before anal. Uh, Neither of us are experts at all in that, so we're not going to go into it, but preparation for receiving anal play can range from a
0: few seconds to multiple days. Yeah, I have a friend who works in the industry who um, she does the full enema experience. She eats a liquid diet for 48 hours before an anal booking which oh, is wow. mind-blowing to me because that- you couldn't pay me enough to have a liquid diet for two days <laughs> yes. straight. Um, and, you know, and she charges accordingly. Her her rates for anal bookings are quite high and, and justifiably so. Um, and, you know, most sex workers who, who do offer anal on them or anal play, uh, they do charge extra for it and they require advance notice because even if they are a quicker preparer, um, you know, it's still not something that you can just sort of – throw on someone
1: (laughs) so what do you do to prepare
0: well I I actually don't do any prep for anal like none at all I mean I like I try to eat well and I have showers obviously yeah um but beyond (laughs) that I don't do any anal specific preparation but at the same time it's also something I've never guaranteed Uh, anal sex in bookings. My body is not at all predictable enough for that. I've never guaranteed anything in bookings, really. Um, Mm. You know, it's something that happens when things feel right and it doesn't if they don't, which I think is really the reality of a lot of sex work and a lot of sex in general. Yes, You know, we're not robots. We can't just make our bodies do things on cue. Yeah. So often we have to adapt around that, whether it be periods, whether it be – IBS or whatever it is. And so does the client because the client has booked a human being, not a robot. And that's what they're getting. And
1: then there's all those other little things that like to pop up just before a booking where someone's probably going to spend the next hour or so looking at and touching every
0: inch of your body. And, you like, you just know that if you, say, slice your finger and you, you've you got to whack a big, ugly Band-Aid on it, that the very next client you have is going to be one that's obsessed with hands for whatever reason and spends the entire hour 10 centimetres away from your, like, manky Band-Aid finger. You just know that that's... Hand? I've sliced myself down there oh, before with a razor, ouch. and have sort of got not not close enough
1: to cancel it, but enough that I go, oh, yeah. put a Band-Aid on, so I'm covering, it. and you know, I'm not, that's really. And glamorous. you spread your legs, <laughs> and you've
0: got a big bandaid there. You know that that next client is going to be the one that's obsessed with lingus though.
1: Yeah, it's just Murphy's law, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a farter. Um, so basically this is a running joke with a lot of my clients. This is why we're friends. Yeah. (laughs) It's a running joke with a lot of my clients. I generally, look, I'm not going to say I do it every booking, but if you've seen me for like a year or two, I've probably farted in a booking and we've both laughed about it or you've never come back. Um, because- it that's just me especially when i'm really aroused and i'm bearing down <laughs> down there and yes. putting a lot of pressure yep. the, sometimes a fart slips out i'm sorry i'm human what can i say um i try to be sexy i try, I try to <laughs> present a best virgin virgin oh not a virgin a best a best version of
0: myself but sometimes i fart oh i fart so much when i orgasm farting yes. is like part of the orgasm experience not always but a lot of the time and I think it makes perfect sense because we're like you're spreading your legs and bringing them back together like you're letting air in and then as you said bearing down when when you come and when you're experiencing a lot of pleasure there's often like a pushing down so obviously that's gonna happen and I find like sex farts (laughs) I think are different to normal farts you probably don't know but they don't smell because they're just like an air in and out situation they're not i don't know look my clients are too parts. charming
1: to tell me if they do smell oh, so sounds... i'm
0: grateful for that at least true. <laughs> true but there's yeah there's so many little things like you said the cut down down there ingrown hairs uh are so common yep. a, like getting a big juicy butt pimple you wake up the morning of a big booking and I you go oh uh, that's you know big. I'm lucky I'm not a butt pimple person oh I hate get them on my face
1: though they'll turn up and I'll have like a giant yeah no I'm lucky I don't get the butt pimples but I'll get a great big face pimple and I'm like oh, hello nice. there's a mountain would you like to go sightseeing on my face yeah it's glamorous <laughs> sightseeing
0: or um yeah. or if you like I have a lot of problems yeah. with with dryness and allergic I'm like I have reactions to everything. So I think actually the first time we met was while I was on a tour in Canberra and I had this reaction. I still don't know what it was, but my face kind of broke out in this rash and was just it was red. Um, And I was mid-tour and sort of thought, oh, something's going on with my skin. Um, If I cover it up with makeup, that's not going to be good for it. But at the same time, I don't. My, I don't want my clients to be like, "What is she got this red blotchy rash all over her face?" So, I mean, yeah, I just wow. tried to put light makeup on, and I dealt with it. And it was towards the end of the tour, anyway. Thankfully, made sure the lights weren't too bright in the in the room. <laughs> but um, but you know, these things yeah. happen. Or cracked lips. I get cracked lips all the time and and clients might see yeah. that and go is that a cold sore you know and it look it, it so there's all these little things that yeah, just yeah, yeah. pop up and and then you know
1: injuries that happen as part of work as well that's not ideal yes. you know <clears throat> i remember you had an injury when you were uh, in the northern territory which was put you off work <laughs> for a while i don't know if we want to oh, wait yeah. to another podcast to discuss oh, yeah. that but, yeah i wondered yeah. if
0: that would come up anybody that has watched the buzzfeed videos that yeah. we mentioned in the last episode will uh, will know about that um I think we should discuss that in a different episode just cuz it's a bit of a story to really to All tell right, it properly. We'll, we'll
1: save it. Well, it is a bit of a story. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But yes, I did. I had a significant injury and I had to cancel a lot of work.
1: Uh, Another thing we've discussed as well is uh, things like thrush and BV. These are normal things that happen to vaginas sometimes. Uh, I went through a period when I was working in a brothel where I was always using the the house soap um, and Uh, I constantly was getting thrush. It was was a really glamorous time. Um, So, you know, you're obviously not supposed to put soap down there. Or different lubes or different condoms. Exactly. But um, fortunately, uh, touch wood, touch wood, don't want to tempt fate. Uh, Haven't run into those issues in a while. So yeah, it's not glamorous, but these are normal
0: bodily issues, you know. A friend of mine is prone to Bartholin's cysts, which, thank God, I've never had one. Um, and I, I don't I've heard know of them, it, yeah. but apparently they they uh, they're really difficult to get rid of. They sound incredibly painful, and it's basically a cyst down Gosh. there. So it would it would make our job so difficult. And even if you get them drained, apparently ah. they have a real tendency to return and come <gasps> back. And it just it sounds like. It just sounds awful. Gosh, it makes you feel grateful, doesn't it? It does. It's not the kind of job that you can, where you can go to work if you are sick or injured, you know? I think like if you've got a bit of a, a head cold, um, you're a bit snotty, you know, you can probably still go into the office and just keep your distance from other people a bit. But we, like, we can't go into a booking and be snotting all over our clients. Like, we just, you know, we can't do that. No. Um, or it's not you, sexy. No, no, it's not sexy. It's not hygienic, um, <laughs> and it's certainly not the luxury experience that they're paying for. No. I am um, just the other a few weeks ago. I got a, uh, a booster shot, a hepatitis booster shot vaccine, basically, and um, I thought it would be fine. But then the next day, my arm was so sore, I could I could barely move it. And I feel like I sound like I'm overreacting, wow. but it it had a really bad um, effect on my arm <laughs> and I had, a, I had a booking that day um, and I had to cancel mm. because I was like ah, this, it sounds, it's such a minor injury, but I was like I can't roll around in a bed without the use of one of my arms. I'm not yeah. like I can't do yeah. my job. Um, and I had to text and be like, oh, I'm sorry I have to cancel. It's because I got a needle yesterday. Like it sounded so lame. But that's the reality of our job. If our bodies aren't fit and fighting, it's really hard to do. Well, I
1: can sort of relate. When I had the flu shot, what was that about a month or two ago? Uh, that whole week, I would be lying on the bed and talking to clients, and I'd say, "Oh, can we just get up and swap sides because this mm. arm is really sore from my flu shot?" Yeah. So I can, I can. Mine wasn't as bad as your your booster shot, but yeah, it's not yeah. those little unglamorous things that we deal with. Um, and then, of course, there's your mental health, which we should probably save for another episode. Um, yeah you know, it's also important because we have to be emotionally available for our clients and sometimes we take on a lot of heavy stuff
0: um, and that can be really difficult if you're feeling mentally fragile. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely something we should explore in another episode. Who misses free and affordable ads and social networks without the anti-sex rhetoric? Assembly 4
1: is a team of sex workers and technologists working from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising and social spaces to the sex working community.
0: They also actually give back to organisations based in harm reduction, sex work and education.
1: Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their two products Trist.link and Switter.at are refreshing and well needed changes in both presentation and mission.
0: Both are free to join and open to all. In the words of an Assembly 4 user, from the policies to the language to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel encouraged and supported instead of policed.
1: Check out their website, assembly4.com, for the word, not the number, for more info.
0: So, Holly, you uh, last week you mentioned that you had some misconceptions yourself about the industry before you started working in it. So, I thought we should break one of those down today.
1: Yeah, this is uh, sort of coming back to that naivety I mentioned before. Uh, Maybe it's not, maybe other people see it this way as well, but this was my take on it before I entered the industry. I used to think that sex work. Or working in the sex industry uh, would make you hate sex, um, and then not have any interest in it outside of work, so that it would basically ruin sex for you, and yeah, just make it a chore. um, Or and maybe take any any romantic as as a not pleasurable thing level out of it. Yeah, Yeah, that was yeah. And so I had this perception that once I became a full-time sex worker, I wouldn't enjoy sex anymore. And I've always been a very sexual person. So that was a really frightening thing to think that something that I loved so much might become not enjoyable um, anymore, which absolutely is not the truth. I am still (laughs) as horny as ever. I still love sex (laughs) with my clients. Um, I still am sexually interested in people outside of my clients. I am, yeah, still super horny. So that was absolutely incorrect. And um, I think that goes – for a lot of sex workers i know i've definitely heard some of my sex worker friends say they've you know they're worn out or they're burnt out or they've lost a bit of interest in sex or you know if they're if they're not getting paid for it it's not as exciting um things like that which which you know different sex workers face from time to time but the vast majority of my friends um that i speak to seem to still have healthy sex lives and healthy interests in sex so that's really cool yeah, that
0: is nice. I think it's uh, it's interesting because yeah, there are, you will come across people who may sort of say, "Oh, uh, when I'm having sex with people who are male presenting," I uh, which is obviously uh, not all of our clients, but it is a, a large percentage of our clients. Then they sort of want to be paid for it, and they might be bisexual or pansexual, mm. um, but they sort of get their fix of men from their clients and so in their personal life they're only interested yes. in having sex with women or non-binary people. Um which I, I you know that makes sense to me. Um for me personally I think uh like yes there are certainly times when you might feel burnt out or like if I've if I've just come home from a tour and I've had a lot of sex um, and done a lot of work aside from just the sex. Yeah. Um I'm not going to run home and feel like having more of course like I'm going <laughs> to yes. need some downtime. But I do find that often uh, sex as a job can stimulate my private sex life. Like if I have a really hot day at work or a really good booking, um, you know, I, it makes me more and more horny. Like the more sex I have, the more sex I want. I find the same thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think I'm quite, uh, I've read about active and reactive sexuality and I think I'm quite like reactive. Like I kind of forget that sex is a thing until i'm doing it and then i'm like oh my god this is so amazing yeah and then i want to do more of it
1: that's interesting i took a year of celibacy um about oh about seven years ago just to see if i could do it because i am such a horny freak that i i really wanted to what, you to, just did I, it for shits and giggles I could see, yeah jenna's giving me the funniest facial uh, expression <laughs> over zoom right now this horror and um yeah, <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but I just wanted to, to exercise uh, restraint on something and uh, see okay. if I could do it. And I did. And it was it was actually really good. Um, I know we'll, we could explore that another day in another in another episode. But um, I actually ended up not being horny at all. By the end of the year, I just wasn't that interested in sex. Um, but then obviously mm. I said, well, I'm going to go and have sex now. And, and once I was, I was off. Once, and it, and it yeah. built uh, similarly yep, it right now. If I'm having great sex all the time yeah I, I just want more so yeah maybe i'm just greedy totally. on the yeah. flip
0: side of that however mm. is the the misconception i'll throw another one in you get a double bonus misconception episode that we are all <laughs> massive hornbags and want sex all the time i can't tell you how many clients yeah. go oh my god i feel so sorry for your husband when he gets home from work like you must just jump on him and i'm like what No, we've been together for 12 years. There's not much jumping that happens. I adore our sex life, but we're not like – I'm not – I don't just launch myself at people. You're paying for me to do that to you, you know. Um, And after a day of me having sex with other people, often – I just want to sit on the couch and not be touched for a little while. Yeah. And that's, you know. I've, yeah. Yeah. So I think there, there's, there's both extremes of it. There are certainly times when my job yeah. does make me go, oh, God, I just don't want sex anymore. We're human beings. But that's always fleeting. Um, and yeah. yeah. It definitely hasn't ruined sex for me. Okay, this week for Shit People Say, I'm just going to
1: go through a couple of messages I've received. Uh, It's probably not going to be anywhere living up to Jenna's beautiful sports attic uh, thread last week, which was (laughs) absolutely a highlight. But uh, here's a couple that we thought were good. Okay, so I received a message when I had advertised a blowjobs-only service. Blowjobs, pretty standard that's it. That's all you get. Uh, I got yep. a message from a gentleman. Hi, I would love to meet you. What does a blowjob give me? Which oh. I felt that was pretty self-explanatory. Hopefully an orgasm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Pleasure, maybe? Just a blowjob. Hmm. I, I don't know what else you're looking for. Blowjob hmm. and a handstand? I don't know <laughs> what he was hoping for with the inclusions. Um Another one which I really liked was I got a question from a gentleman now just to explain to – well, no, you know what? I'm not even going to explain. This is self-explanatory. All right. uh, I got a message from a guy saying, what is pegging? And I said, fucking you in the ass with a strap on. And he said, how big is it? And I said, <laughs> big. And he said, no, thanks. <laughs> so that was obviously enough to scare him off. You don't um, have to do it. <laughs> mm. yeah i don't know what the
0: answer was that he was looking for i don't know whether he wanted centimeters you know i've had a couple of people contact me and say um do we have to do like pegging because it's listed as something that i will offer and they would be like i don't want that and i'm like that's fine babe i'm not that's (laughs) cool
1: we don't have to do no. all the things that I offer. Like, and my final one for today is uh, someone contacted me asking, are you available? I said, I'll be available at 3pm. They said, are you not available right now? I said, no. And they said, let me know when you're free. And I said, well, I'm free at 3pm. 3 three? Like I a- literally just told you that. I don't know what <laughs> at 3. So, yeah, I don't know what that the, the intention was there. Uh, but, yeah. Three that I thought were quite entertaining. What
0: about the swimming one?
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's a whole story. Ah. Uh, I did receive a message uh, from somebody asking if we could go for a swim together. I want to go for a swim with you, but I don't want to go to jail. And I said, no. why would we go to jail? <laughs> and he said, because you're an escort and I'm a client. Right. Right. And I said, "Well, that's not illegal, you know." And he said, "What isn't?" And I said, "Being an escort or a client." And he said, "Yeah, but going for a swim is <laughs> is." And it? I said, "How?" "Lol," she said. Well, "I don't think so." I said, "Lol, how?" And he said, "I don't know because it's not like a booking." <laughs> and I said, well, "How would that be illegal?" Anyway, we never solved why he thought that oh, was illegal. I need and to resolution this day, I still on that. Wonder
0: how what strange the, what the crime committed is. <laughs> Mm, very cute So you, sex work is legal But you can't do anything with sex workers That isn't yeah. sex Do not swim
1: <laughs> with your hooker Yeah It could be like a gremlin thing Like maybe they think You know As soon as we touch water Police appear I don't know Yeah
0: That's, That one is wild It wasn't during COVID was it? Like there was no, a No lo- this was
1: like oh. two years ago Just a guy who, who Yeah Thought that the handcuffs would appear As soon as we got in the water
0: Yeah. So the final segment uh, that we have on the show, which we meant to spruik last week and we forgot about, I think, um, is we wanted to maybe answer a question or two from our listeners each week. And I don't, it depends how we we go. If, the, if everything is getting a bit long-winded, we might just have to do separate question and answer, like bonus episodes. Um, but just keep an eye on our social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod. And, um, we will be asking questions because we'd uh love you to basically we're we're farming you for content that's that's what we're getting at here, yeah, yeah, we're using you, do you like being used by us, you dirty boys and and, oh, and go and she says she's not a dom. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of our episode. Now, we mentioned last week that we have a Patreon where you can get access to bonus episodes. You get our episodes a day early. Uh, They will always be ad-free episodes. uh, And there's a bunch of other little perks in there as well. Um, And we're lucky enough to have had a number of people sign up. And actually, most of these people signed up before our first episode was released, which was... massive. uh, We were both so incredibly touched by that. Really put us in a a good place to start and made us feel really supported. Uh, This is a totally new journey for both of us, so it really meant a lot. So we'd like to thank those people. We have a giving somebody who is Mal... We have two generous somebodies and they are Adele and Bruce. We have a few very generous somebodies who are The
1: Alice Grey, Pete, Spaceman Dan, Darwin, Steve, Timmy and Lachlan, and two extremely generous somebodies who are Aaron and Pretty in Pink. And that's all we've got this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We look
0: forward to seeing you next week please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod, as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month, and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers, and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember, somebody you love might just be a sex worker.